and welcome to Grace Unscripted, where we share stories of the people in and around Grace Church without any script, just real raw stories of life change through Jesus. I'm your host, Audrey Wallace, and in today's episode, I get to speak with Sunny Gresick. And I love Sunny's story. If you know her, you know she's all about evangelism. And what I learned here in this conversation is some of the why behind that. From a UPS driver to a nursing patient, there's so many reasons that that is important to her today, and I'm excited to share this story with you. Welcome, Sunny. It's so wonderful to have you here. Thank you, Audrey. I'm glad to be here. Well, and a little... um, special note here. You're the reason I'm here. So I appreciate that as well, Sunny. There's no one I would rather have in this room. Connecting point there for Unscripted. So beautiful. But I really, I just want to learn more about you because Sunny and I have recently become deeper friends, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's so much more to you that I haven't learned yet. There's probably a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) We're fast friends though, for sure. It's true. (laughs) You're an easy person to love. So yeah. So I want to just kind of get to know a little bit of an origin story for Sunny. Made a name. I need to know here. Made a name. McKinney. McKinney. Middle name. Anne. Sunny Anne. Social security number. McKinney. Also, something I've always wanted to ask. Do you know why you're named Sunny? Yeah. So I was supposed to be named something ridiculous, and I'm sure my mom is going to be so mad because I'm getting this wrong. I think it was like Mary Jane or Mary Ann or something like that. Uh-huh. And I was born on what <laughs> what they thought was the first day of spring. So they thought March 21st was the first day of spring, and it was actually March 20th. So my dad was like, oh, I really want to name you Sunny because yeah, I was born on spring, but it wasn't. Okay. And so then they named me Sunny, but they spelled it with an I, which mm-hmm. is actually pronounced Sunni. So they oh. really messed it all up. Okay. But I love my name now. That's From great. the get-go here, we just got <laughs> some jumbled spring eyes. All right. All oh, of that. Yeah. But I've always wanted to ask that question. Sunny Ann McKinney. Sunny Ann McKinney. Excellent. So yes. tell me about Sunny Ann McKinney and your childhood <sighs> and and just your, your, you know, origin story. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So there's a lot there for sure. I, um, oh. I was born into a a pretty broken home. And I actually want to preface all of this with um, my mom. I love her so, so much. And she, God has changed her life in what many of us would think is a very unimaginable way. So uh, going into this entire story, I know it's pretty easy to look at like people who have traumatic backgrounds and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. um, like maybe place blame or something sure. like that. But I just want to say we're all super broken and I have done my damage to a fair amount of people. And so her and I are reconciled. She follows Jesus. So mm-hmm. all's good there. So yeah. just want to preemptive, like put it out there. Yeah. But so broken, I was born into a pretty broken home. Um, my mom and dad divorced pretty young when I was young. And uh, my mom has been married several times and uh, I absolutely love my stepdad. They've been together for a very long time now, which is wonderful. But in the middle of that, it was, uh, there was a lot of turmoil there. And my dad, he was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and, um, he had his fair share of drug addiction problems. Okay. And that shaped a lot of my childhood. And another thing I want to put in there is my dad loved us a lot. Mm. So when we think about addiction, there's a picture that comes to our mind, but there's a lot more there. And so, um, through my entire childhood, he wrestled with it like big time. I remember a time where we went into a bar and I was younger and 
he uh, had a drink and I was just starting to realize like, oh, this probably isn't normal, okay. you know? And I was like, dad, why don't you just like throw it out? And he threw it out and we walked out of the bar. Wow. Now, now I'm like, oh, he didn't pay for it, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> but I just know that the struggle within him was so real that he wanted desperately to be done. Yeah. Ultimately, that's what ended up taking his life is wow. that he wanted to be done. Wow. So... Um, it was pretty rough, and my I have two older sisters, and they went and they were living with their dad um, when I was pretty young, and so it was me and my younger sister. And my mom would travel a lot, um, and we would kind of be left to our own devices a decent amount of the time, and it was pretty hard. And <laughs> so by the time I was in high school, like things started pretty good, but it just kept like, I kept finding more freedom and with no background of who Jesus is, or when we were really young, maybe a little bit of like, we would go to church and stuff. But I mean, when you go to church when you're five and then now yeah. you're 15, you know, that stuff drifts away. Sure. So, um, I'm now in high school and things really start to fall apart. I just start to live the same exact life that my mom and my dad lived and wow. just full of destruction. Um, I really lied a lot. I just did everything that I wanted to do because I had no other, I didn't know any other way. There was no other way. Right. The models that were set before you. Absolutely. What were modeling you. So you just just walked in those footsteps. So, and then like with no, no instruction in life, you know, um, I start, it starts to get worse and worse and worse. And I start to mess up school. And at one point I was doing really great in school and I was like pretty good, you know, pretty smart. (laughs) And then, um, start to do drugs, start to drink, start to, uh, just, destroy my entire life, want all the freedom that I can possibly have, and everything just tanks, right? Uh, My school tanks, my friendships tank, and next thing I know, I'm moving out of my house by the time I'm, I was about to turn 16 or had turned 16, and living with a friend and her mom with 100% freedom as a teenager. Wow. How does that even legally happen? Yeah. So um, <laughs> later on, my mom ended up, there was, there's a lot there with my little sister and stuff. Hey, maybe she'll be on this podcast at some point. But, Ooh, I'd love to meet her. <laughs> yeah. But um, she, my mom ended up getting me to court. And by the time she got me to court, I was 17 and the judge said, there's no point and me ordering her to come back home. And so they kind of released me to my own devices. Wow. It was crazy. I mean, the other mom and the girl came, and they were, like, ready to fight for me, and my mom came. And, and now looking back as a mother, I'm like, oh, goodness. You know? Wow, yeah. She was, she was trying to fight for me to come home and is stuck in her own sins, mm-hmm. right? And I'm also 17, just live in my life however I want. And so it was really, really bad, Audrey. I ended up getting kicked out of this home. I moved into a home with my older sister, ju- literally destruction everywhere I went, just just destroying everything. I graduated because they didn't want me to come back. Like, whoa, <laughs> it's just so bad. Um, didn't really have anything going for myself. And then my sister, she was who I was living with. I ended up getting kicked out of her house. Is this an older sister? Older sister. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was couch surfing. So I had no home. Mm. And then insert the, at the time I had been dating John for a, a while, John Grassock, he's on staff here at Grace. And then um, he, we weren't dating at this point, but he got hurt in Afghanistan and I got a phone call and he was like, Hey, I got hurt really bad. I'm coming back to the States. I have no one. Will you come visit? Wow. So I was like, well, 
I what else are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, where else can you go? Literally nothing else going on. I My friend was letting me crash in her basement. I mean, I had a part-time job I worked at on the weekends and nothing going for myself. No mm-hmm. license, no car, nothing. So I I went down to North Carolina and he's like, hey, he was messed up. He was very, very messed up. From, like physically from the yeah. injury? Yep, from his injuries. And um, like... We did therapy from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Fort Bragg for like a year. It was yeah. crazy. And um, But he asked me when I went to originally visit, he was like, please stay. I have no one else. And I'm like, well. You can share in that, right? <laughs> you can, like, that's a connection point right there if you literally oh, have yeah. nothing but one another. Yep. And so, I mean, at this point, we still did not know the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And so I stayed down there with him. And um, things just slowly began to change. I mean, I was taken out of the environments where I could just, like, binge drink and do okay. drugs. Thank God. I was, yeah. So, like, couldn't, I guess I could have if I searched for it. But I was so focused on his healing mm. from the physical and mental trauma that he had experienced in Afghanistan that I honestly didn't really have time for myself mm-hmm. or to reflect on myself. And then I just kind of kept moving. The Army paid me to be his full-time caretaker for a year, and um, I found a job down there at a UPS store, and I found a lot of community there. It was beautiful. I actually hope some of them listen to this because there are wonderful people in my life. Wow. And then at the UPS store, and this was my first insert of, like, seeing God pursue me through other people, was a UPS driver. He was, like, the consistent guy that would pick up uh, boxes from our UPS store, and he came in, and uh, I got to know him, and we played World of Warcraft together because I'm a nerd, and I like video games, you know? <laughs> Ooh, new layers. <laughs> yeah. Peel it back. World of Warcraft. <laughs> but um, he was like, hey, uh, do you want to go to church with me? And I was like, church? What? So I go to this church, and uh, it was weird. Hold on. The UPS store driver asked you to go to church, and you just went. Yeah. I was like, well, why not? You know? Like, this guy asked me. We kind of built a relationship kind of feels like it's something I would want to do. I'm looking, I'm enjoying community that I've built. So wow. keep looking for it. So I just kind of said, yes, you know, that gives us so much confidence to just ask anybody if the if coworker fellow, yeah. you know, but a driver, like yeah. you reach out, ask, make the invitation and it could change someone's life. I truly believe that, um, that man, and I don't even remember his name, Wow, that he is the reason why I have the passion to tell people about Jesus yes. that I have today. Yes. Aside from the like, oh, I, I still literally feels I, I can feel what it feels like to be dead inside. Like I still feel that feeling, mm-hmm. and I um, it gives me compassion for other people. Mm-hmm. That's for later on. Tell sure. The story. Yeah. Oh, no spoilers. <laughs> All right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, so um, he invited me to his church. I went to his church. The like pastor like descended on a platform, or so it was weird. That was weird, right? Yeah. It wasn't for me, but. Someone got baptized, mm. and I, I was, like, struck by it, and I didn't even know what it meant. But I saw this person crying and, like, just soaking wet, and I'm like, what is this? So fast forward, we just, I just kind of, like, kept feeling that tug of there's something else. And John and I ended up moving back to Ohio mm-hmm. um, and just kind of searching for, like, what's it mean to be a married couple now. We ended up getting married in the midst. So um, we decided we could get BAH, which is basic army housing, if we move, if we get married. So we got married saying, hey, if we get divorced, who cares? 
Wow. That's uh, that's something for the premarital counseling <laughs> agenda to add right there. I do yeah. not recommend that route for anyone, but oh, this man. is uh, how the Lord has yeah. intertwined our stories together and how I feel like it is a beautiful picture of his redemption through the mm-hmm. whole entire thing. And so we truly began to love each other deeply through this experience together. And then it kind of just like didn't really come up again, you know? So we moved back to Ohio. We were kind of deciding where we want to put our roots down and thinking about Charlotte, North Carolina, or if we wanted to move somewhere else entirely. And we came back here. And so through that, we just kept having conversations with his sister and brother-in-law because they are Christ followers. Mm -hmm. And they just sat with us for hours and would ask us questions. And um, they're just kind of a safe place for us where we were able to ask deep things or kind of like push back on stuff. And I'll never forget. And I, it's funny because I'm like, I never want anyone to feel like scared into heaven. And so when I say the statement, I was not at all scared into deciding to follow Jesus. But my sister-in-law said to me, if I'm wrong, so what, what if you're wrong? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, oh, <laughs> I kind of want to be fair. She probably made a lot of statements like that, that she's like, all right, let's see how she responds to this one. And that was the yeah. one that resonated. And it, yeah, it did. I just hit the 10 year mark of deciding to follow Jesus. And that is the one statement oh that still gets me where I'm like, oh, right. And so that kind of dove me into a place of just trying to figure out who Jesus was and like intellectually and logically realizing that faith is solid and like him is a a person, him is God, that is solid. There's no question there. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a really, really firm foundation. I gave my life to Jesus. Wow. With your sister? No, by myself. My sister came later. Wow. Yeah. But, um, and then, uh, so it was really cool then. We started to set off on like, oh, we're both Christians now, and what does that mean to follow Jesus and have a marriage? And You guys decided this at the same time. Then. Not at the same you time. And John with the brother, and is it brother and sister-in-law that you were having these conversations with? So I did it on my own. I chose yeah. on my own. That was just the question that got me thinking. Yeah. John grew up in church, but he didn't follow Jesus. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know when the exact moment when he was, when he was like, Oh, I'm I'm following this yeah. this. But like um that was the defining moment for me for mm-hmm. sure. That's amazing. Yeah. So now you're forging together. Oh yeah. And then you came to Grace during that time. How did you find Grace? Yeah. So um I for a while my man was always like I was kind of like, I kind of just charge through stuff sometimes. You? <laughs> yeah, I no. <laughs> but he um he would like he never complained about it, and he was always like, yeah, I'll do that. Like, mm. I'll do that, I'll do that, and kind of just, like, came along, you know? And so um, I – we tried a church. It wasn't really for us, and I was working at Starbucks, and I have to give a shout-out to one of my best friends, Paige Biddle. Mm. She was working there with me as a shift supervisor, and she invited me to Grace. Wow. And so um, we've been friends with the Biddles now for, I mean, it's over 10 years, and we decided to come here, and we loved it. Wow. I decided to go to a discovery group, and it was the one discovery group a long time ago that they had in the pastor's houses. Oh, interesting. Joe Crusoe was my discovery group leader. And through that, I discovered I was in school for nursing. I discovered that he needed an administrative assistant. And, um, I was like, oh, I kind of, that kind of sounds interesting. I was a supervisor at Starbucks, and I decided to apply for it. I, 
as the story goes, they were getting ready to hire someone, and Joe's wife, Mandy, was like, oh, you should hire Sonny. Wow. And so then they did. They hired me. Well, I want to say a special thanks to both Paige and Mandy. Because <laughs> yes. both of your uh, relationships with Sonny have led to some wonderful outcomes, even for me personally. So thank you to both well, of you yes. guys. Yes, thank you guys so much. <laughs> So then you started on staff yep. pretty quickly. How long have you been going to Grace at the time? Oh, goodness. Uh, since 2014 is when I started to come to Grace. Mm-hmm. So it's been eight years now, and I've been on staff for seven and a half okay. years. You forged right in, like you said. Yeah. It might have been a little bit longer. It might have mm-hmm. been 2013. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I started as administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. While doing nursing school? While, while doing nursing school. And didn't you have a baby around that time too? What, how do yeah. you keep a calendar, girl? I started with a, I started working here with my daughter, Isla. Mm. She's wonderful. I love her very much. And then I have had three sons since mm-hmm. working here. Three wow. sweet boys. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always looked at you and thought, how on earth did you pack all this into your life? When I hear your story, I'm just like, you're, you have to be like 58 in order to have done everything <laughs> that you, you kind of reflect on when we talk. I'm like, but that's not true. You're far younger than I am. That's what I think about you too. So yeah, um, a really good support system, supportive husband. Like, I, I feel like it's all the cliche answers, but it is true. I mean, my mother and father-in-law say to John and I that their ministry is freeing us up to do ministry. Wow, that's a gift. It is, it is an incredible and gift. And so you said your mom, local, she's still here nearby, support yep. system, and his yep. parents, oh, yeah. support system. Wow, what Absolutely a gift. wonderful. And your mom goes to church here with my us, mom, right? My mom goes to church her. here. Yeah. Yes. She, uh, she is an incredible su- support system to us as well. She is with my kids one to two times per week. It's wonderful. Wow. So I love getting to share life with her too. Mm. Mm-hmm. What a full circle. And even just the way that your eyes twinkled when you mentioned Isla, oh, to think indeed. of the mother-daughter <laughs> relationship you're building with her yep. and with your mom as well as grandma and mom to you. Like yep. that, like you said, the, the story of redemption oh, that yeah. is so beautiful in that. I love it. I love it so much. Mm. I'm grateful for it too. Like I can't even describe how grateful for it I am mm. to be able to look back and see how terrible things were and then literally it's it is exactly what Jesus does in our lives and offers to everyone else mm-hmm. is looking back at my life and I'm like yeah that's it and it's it's for everybody it's for everyone and I'm just so grateful to him for that and for um providing me that like hope the redemption goodness gracious the healing that mm-hmm. I have experienced mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I can't even describe what it's done for me so, okay, you are another jam-packed thing that you've done from what I understand. You started working at Grace as an administrative assistant. You're going to nursing school, have a baby. You have this still healing husband, and mm-hmm. you're, he's just saying yes to the things that you're driving toward, which sounds amazing. Um, and what I, you're now a director at Grace Church with a, not a how many degrees? Not a, um, not, not a director, <laughs> sorry, but that's how no. you, I, I, you direct me. So that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you like, uh, I feel like have a couple degrees now. So just walk me through the sequence here. Cause I, I again, can't wrap my mind around how much you've accomplished and you well, know, thanks, all the things that you do for us. Yeah. So I, um, I decided in the middle of nursing school, I believe it was a seed project. Yes, it was. So, uh, it was a few years ago, right? Four years ago. Um, maybe five, but no, it was longer than that. Yeah. I can't remember. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, it's, it's all good. It's all blurring together. But uh, Jeff was giving a talk about 
how we need leaders. And so John and I are praying as we're going through this conversation and we're both like, oh my gosh, we want to do this. And that's the moment that I'm like, I saw the shift in my guy mm. where, where he like shifted into being such an amazing leader to myself and our children. Mm. And it was no longer him like stepping behind me. It was mm. him like in pace mm-hmm. and we're, and we're like going for this thing together. Um, I had decided to go to school. We were partnering with Moody at the time. And I decided to go to school at Moody at Grace. And I was like, I'm going to stop nursing. Because what happened was I was in uh, clinicals. And there was an old lady who was one of my patients. And she had really bad edema in her legs. And I left. And she was so sweet. I left the room. And the nurse was so nonchalant with, she's she's going to die soon. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> what? Like, we need to tell this lady about Jesus, Whoa. you know? And, and so it was, I just realized my compassion for people, I don't ever, ever want it to be that. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I was so worried that, and I'm not saying that all nurse, nurses lose their compassion. Mm-hmm. I just, I felt deep in my heart that I could. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to put myself in a position where the heart that God had given me for people, that maybe I started, started to harden that. Mm-hmm. So I felt ministry calling me. <laughs> and um, so I decided to move forward with Moody. I stepped down from nursing school, which is a better way to say quit. Mm-hmm. Quit nursing school. Um, and then I graduated with um, a bachelor's of science and biblical studies. And then from there, I decided to go to school for my master's in apologetics. Mm-hmm. Um, and the master's in apologetics is truly to just feed my passion for telling people about Jesus. I love to be prepared for conversations, First Peter 3.15, mm-hmm. and to have those conversations gently. Um, and then my job just continued to change throughout all of that. And that's one of my favorite things about Grace is mm-hmm. your position kind of like adjusts around you. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And now I'm like really grateful for the things that I get to do here. Wow. Well, from the the UPS driver to the nurse and even that sweet woman that you were caring for, yeah. you know, these nameless people ultimately who, yeah. you know, God puts in the pathway and those ripple effects that those cause to really literally like act like the rudder that turns the mm-hmm. ship that you probably would have never imagined would have moved in those ways. Absolutely. And that's like, um, I guess we were talking about like things that people could take away from, from this episode and, um, telling people about Jesus, showing Jesus to people who, who haven't met him yet is an incredible passion of mine. Mm -hmm. And I think that we get so stuck in our fear and it's so difficult to, to step outside of that just to share him with people. Mm Mm-hmm. In deed and in word, right? Mm -hmm. So if there's anything that I could ask for anyone to take away from this, it's like, take a step. Just one. Just one. If it's a little bit uncomfortable, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. That's, especially if it's something that's edifying to the Lord, that is God calling you into a new territory Mm -hmm. and just try it. And if it fails, if someone turns you down, listen, they're not turning you down. Mm -hmm. They're saying no to God right now. That doesn't mean forever. And we, he uses us in incredible ways and like, oh my gosh, Lord, I don't deserve it, but thank you, Mm -hmm. you know? Thanks that I get to step into positions like this and help people see that and help people take those steps. 
And how wonderful is it that like we're in a position where we actually get to see some of that fruit, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a scripture that was just drawn to my attention recently. I think it's in Joshua. I wish I could quote it right now, but it's talking about God saying, the land is yours. All you need to do is step into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about this land that they're about to go into and they're afraid and they're sending in the spot, you know, the scouts to see if it's safe or not. And they're so worried about, oh, what if I do it? Is it, is it going to be safe? Is yeah. it going to be easy? No, probably not. But that land is yours. All you have to do is step onto it. Mm. And if you don't, you may spend 40 years in a desert. If you do, you may spend 40 years in the land of milk and honey or any, you know, yeah. it's not saying that it's going to be easy, but um, there is an empowerment that we can ask God to go before. He's already there. He's already yeah. in that territory. Like you said, yeah. we just have to step into that space. Absolutely. That's so good. That is so good. Yeah. And it is scary, you know? But that's okay. Yeah. How do you how do you overcome that? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I have told myself ever since this. I had this uh, beautiful, beautiful interaction with one of my neighbors in 2020, and um, <laughs> her name is Diane. She's wonderful, and I'm comfortable saying her name because I know she will never listen to this because <laughs> I don't think that she even knows what Facebook is. So, <laughs> but um, she had been consistently curious about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And um, I was standing in my, it was Easter morning and it was actually the night before Easter. And I told John, I'm like, I think I'm going to ask Diane if she wants to follow Jesus tomorrow. He's like, you're crazy, dude. (laughs) Just just throw it out there. See what happens. um, on so the next morning it's Easter. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go over at dinner. I'm going to take her dinner because she doesn't have anyone. I'm going to ask her. And um, in the morning I'm sitting there cooking and I got the most intense butterflies. And Mm. I'm like, this is not for me. This is from the Lord. Mm. And so I called Diane. I said, hey, I'm coming over. I walked right over. I kid you not. I said, Diane, do you want to follow Jesus? She opened the door. I said that. And she's like, I do. Holy I was cow. in such disbelief that I explained what that meant for the next 20 minutes before wow. I prayed with her. I wow. mean, she, she already decided, you know, when she yeah. said that. But so I have taken that feeling of butterflies and said, this is not my fear. This mm-hmm. is the Lord prompting me for something. Mm-hmm. And so can I be consistent with that? Can I honor that? Can I just take the, what is the hard step? Like if Mm -hmm. I look at the situation and then just step through it. Mm -hmm. And again, like doing that more than one time, the evidence behind you and the, all that you can lean into and say, well, I haven't, you know, it hasn't gone so bad so far. And also, you know, the physiological body response that you're talking about with butterflies Mm -hmm. is the same with excitement as it is with anxieties, like your palms get a little sweaty. Maybe you know, like I feel it when yeah. I do this podcast, yeah. even I have some butterflies, I have my heart's racing a bit, yeah. but it's actually like, I'm so excited to talk oh, to you. I'm yeah. so excited about what could be the outcome of this conversation and of many more. And that's sometimes translated as fear. Right. But if you can lean into that excitement side of it, because those two things can happen simultaneously, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we see that with the disciples and with you know stories in the Bible too, mm-hmm. just having those kind of fear and um, great joy yeah. happening simultaneously, just the same thing, having yeah. excitement and anxiety. You just choose which one to lean into. And the more and more you do it, the more evidence you have that it's going to go well, You know, even whether it's today or another day. Yes, ma'am. And that um, it wasn't me. Sure. That was the Lord saying, hey, go to your neighbor. <laughs> That's it. And yeah. I'm like, whoa. I left and I'm like, wow, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. This is insane. This yeah. is crazy. It just blew my mind. And I'm like really grateful for that. Yeah. I like always want that feeling. Mm-hmm. Always. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, 
Lord's with me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not of my own doing at all. Yeah. It's all him. I'm like feeling like that insatiable, you know, to be, if you're going to be insatiable for something, mm-hmm. let's do it for telling people about Jesus rather than, you know, binge watching another Netflix show, right? Yeah. And you get that high and that feeling yeah. that you want to do it again. Absolutely. And there's always a, um, I am not saying like you should go out and you should start to stand on a soapbox and sure. yell at people about Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying follow his promptings. If he opens the door, take a step through mm-hmm. it, you know? Mm-hmm. And be bold. Sometimes the opportunities do come up in areas that we wouldn't expect, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Like, mm-hmm. he gives us boldness. Yeah. We were in a teaching recently. They talked about the Walmart cashier. Right. You know, if you can just leave her with a, a piece of the gospel as you walk away, that's just a beautiful seed, a beautiful stepping stone that that may or may not lead to true life change. But, yeah. but just do that. And then also, yeah, just um, riding on that excitement and leaning into God's power and not into your own yes and as you go along absolutely wow so as you look with all the things that we've talked about the things you've been through the massive transformation over the last what would you say seven eight years um what do you see next going into the future i don't know i wish that i could say i i think i the problem is i see a thousand things sure (laughs) that's great though so um there's I love to dream. Mm -hmm. I love to think about all of these things that could blow up in an amazing way that Mm -hmm. honor the Lord. Um, I love to think about what my family is going to look like, Mm -hmm. just watching my children grow up and how they're so fun. Like my son was in the doctor's office and the doctor walks out and he's like, hey, I follow Jesus. <laughs> oh, yes. And I'm that like, is a sign of good parenting. I'm like, there it is, man. And and so, like, my daughter just did a fundraiser, um, not even a fundraiser. She did, like, a cookie sale because mm-hmm. my neighbor was going through some health stuff and raised some money for my neighbors. And I'm just, like, loving seeing the way that they're using their gifts at their ages in yes. order to serve God. And so, really, when I look into the future, I think that I'm just kind of wanting to t- continue to take the next step, after the next step, after the next step. And like you have talked about in this podcast and has been spoken about in sermons, having the predetermined yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that that even, you know, whether the question's asked or not, and I see, when I see you, I also think of beyond the walls of our church and oh, yeah. out into the city. Yeah. And there's like change-making stuff mm. kind of coming out of the, the I don't know, this is just force that I'm sitting across from right here, which is why I love getting to know you more and becoming more and more your friend and supporting all of those, um, you know, big ideas, like you're saying that you have. And, and then just, again, going back to that foundation of trust and knowing that it's God's job, not your own. So that's why you can hold it with a little lighter hand and a lighter grip because you know that he's already there and you're stepping into that space. Yep. And I, I, with you bringing that up, if there's one thing that like my prayer for it to catch fire is all of us, like we have talked about already in this, getting more comfortable. So I would love it if 10, 15, 20, 50 people are like, hey, I want to learn how to do this. I want I want to figure out some practical ways to have conversations with people. Mm-hmm. I just want to take one step with one person that I wouldn't have before. Like, I want to help you with that. Mm-hmm. And that is salt and light right here at Grace. Yep. That's what we call it, the salt and light gatherings. If if you heard my story back um, previously, that was a major turning point for me is just going to one. I've only ever gone to one, honestly. Sorry about that. But I do. I did. was literally changed during it. So I think it's yep. this amazing like core of people with that 
question or that drive on their heart is who else, how else, where else, when else um, can I talk about Jesus and spread that throughout the community, outside the walls of the church? (coughs) Yeah, absolutely. And like that salt and light community is available to anyone. Mm -hmm. So if anyone wants to come to that, we want them to come to it. And we have them quarterly. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I love that. I love that those things that are being born out of your spirit and what God has done through you. And, you know, um, in summary here, anything, any final thoughts or, or things that you're driving towards or um, lessons that you've learned that you would love for, for people to share and know? Ooh, lessons that I've learned. That is a great question. So I think um, I think I would say that I always want to make sure that I'm walking at a pace with other friends that are doing things that I'm doing that are passionate about the things that I'm passionate about. However, there's going to be people who are walking at paces behind you, right? Mm -hmm. That you're supposed to bring along. Yes. And that there's people that are walking at paces that might be faster than yours Mm -hmm. that you're trying to catch up to. And so like we need that in one another and um, we need to spur one another on and Mm -hmm. have that community. And then of course that the person who is in front of us walking the fastest Mm -hmm. or just in front of us in general, that's Jesus. And so Mm. is every single thing that we do being done with eyes set on him and things that would make uh, rightness where we are. How do we make rightness here? You know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's probably the biggest thing. I love that visual of walking pace with your crew, right? That's your life group. That's your yeah. serving cores that you are doing life with. But then also remembering to look ahead and look behind and not in a either judging or jealous way. Oh, oh I wish I was up there or what's up with the people back there. But with the compassion that you were talking about that you have for people who you know, you were lost and you were found and you can relate so deeply to so many pains that people would have. So to have, have, invite people to come alongside of you with your stability, that's of the people who are with you. And then also aiming toward, you know, keeping your eyes fixed on, on Christ and anyone between you and and there that you can follow as a model, which I love here at the church that we have those abilities through the different groups that we have. And, um, you know, that's discipleship. You, you, that's exactly what that is. Absolutely hand up, hand down, and all of us moving forward together. Yes. Very, very good. Beautiful. Mm. Well, Sunny, I learned more about your middle name and (laughs) why you're named Sunny, but I also just learned more about your heart here and why you do the things you do the way that you do them, and I'm massively grateful for them and the impact it has on me. So I hope um, listeners hear that you all are inspired and motivated to quicken your pace and (laughs) look around you and and invite everyone else along yes thank you so much audrey thanks honey